0: Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Unraveling Technology podcast. It's me Joe Tonks joined as ever by David Johnson and Adam Willerton over there. All um, right. Hey. I just want to first off just start by uh, going into a bit more detail about the axe throwing from oh, the other right, day, yeah. just for your benefit. I kind know of, neither of you were there. Had a bit of a work social uh, on Wednesday night, and we went to Viking. I think it's called Viking Martial Arts. I think actually it does run the gamut of things, but we were primarily there for the the hatchet slinging. <laughs> um, it's in a it's like top floor of a business park, but it's um it's just you traditional location. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what, it's a funny building. It's like, um, you ever seen that film Eraserhead, the David Lynch one? I haven't actually, no. Okay, it's just like a really weird industrial building. Mm. Um, but you go to the top and there's a little bit of signage so you can find your way. You go past like this, you can take a f- like a freight elevator to get up to it. You know, like the ones where there's two doors, so you have to open the outer one and then you've got the inner one. Mm. Cool. Like that. Yeah, but not there go, in it. But yeah, up top, it's just kind of like a big, big open plan area. And I was saying it's probably quite a cheap business to run because you've just got some big logs on the wall and a bunch of axes, and you just kind of throw them. <laughs> and I don't think they get through as many logs as you'd think because actually they can take a fair bit of hammering before they, they split
1: mm. Did you get much in the way of tuition or did you just get handed a, a fistful of axes?
0: I was kind of expecting there to be because, you know, a lot of these these things kind of do over-egg the safety aspect of it. And I don't know, it's important, but, you know. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a massive tutorial. It was just enough. So you have two to a range. There's two ranges and there's two to a range. So it was just, you know, here's how you throw the axe, when you've thrown the axe, do not go and retrieve your axe until the partner, your partner has also thrown their axe. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds
2: sensible to me so far. Yeah, are you saying you got a problem with the? No, no. I'm oh, like,
0: you saying? No, it I was wasn't. saying like tip it right. So, <laughs> me and my wife went to this. Uh, I don't know what you call it. It's like crafts. And I've spoken to to you about it, David, a few times. The place in Oakhampton. It's like a a crafts retreat, and they've got all these. Crafts you can do like, um, what do you call it in Ghost with the pedestal and the pottery, pottery making. (laughs) making. Yeah, there's like woodwork, but then there's things like rifle ranges and pistol ranges. And you book a slot and you go to it. But if you go, even if you go more than once, there's quite a lengthy tutorial. Like hold the gun like this, hold the gun like this. Do this. Make sure that you're not at your face when you don't look down the barrel. Yeah there's an obstruction in the barrel hand the gun to me i'll check it out but every time you went to one of the slots you had to sit through it and it's a bit uh, it's like going to the cinema and having to sit through the the five or six (laughs) cine world adverts you know you your vip imax and
1: and yeah
0: yeah imax 4d and uh just just wears you down adam (laughs) i'm happy to say that was not the case here we threw some axes it's quite, you don't have to, because you'd assume that there'd be a certain amount of weight you got to put behind it to throw an axe as well, but actually the momentum carries most of it, so you just bring it out so your hand's practically out in front of you horizontal, and that's that's when you release. And if your aim is true, got a few bullseyes. Did ya? yeah, Yeah. Oh. MBD, don't worry about it. <laughs> we,
1: we were trying to work out before you went whether the axe, does the axe like sort of spin multiple times on its way there or is it just a sort of one arc or
0: you know what now i can't i we'll have to review the video because i did get a get some sweet 120 frames per second slow-mo video is so that, i'll have to review I is that think, on twitter
2: or is it well
0: i, I have a yeah. feeling <laughs> that by the time we finish this podcast it might be but i think there's a rotation or two in there yeah
2: mm. yeah
0: but it's good it's worth a go and they say, you know, a bit of wood in your garden and a 40 quid hatchet. You could be doing this yourself.
1: Yeah. They don't tell you about like backboards and stoppage and the kind of things you get with archery then.
0: Yeah. They did kind of have a, it was in a, a, a meshed kind of metal enclosure. So they had all of this this metal mesh up, and above, below, and to the sides, there was chipboard. So there was somewhere for the axe to land if you if you if your aim wasn't true. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know, I know. <laughs> yeah, they, you could cause some collateral damage if you weren't doing it properly. But mm.
2: <laughs> but if, if you're good at it, yeah, it's quite a cheap. It's cheap weird, isn't hobby. it? Because like there's something way more satisfying throwing an axe at some wood than there is say darts. Which is just the same principle.
0: Yeah, we were saying as we were playing that kind of that that funk of you know the axe axe in wood. Yeah, was pretty good. If I could get that on loop to listen to as I fall asleep, the <laughs> ideal. But then the other side of that is the kind of clang as it hits the that you know, hits the the brick floor <laughs> or the cement floor because you missed. Because you missed. So yeah.
2: so who was best and who was worst? You don't have to say worst, it might be. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, James was, was pretty good. James
0: Stanhope. Okay. He's got a kind of like, you do have to come to it with a certain amount of, you know, if you go, if you're rigid and you're throwing, you, you know, you've got to be a bit loosey-goosey with it. Mm. He was just kind of like, I'm going to hit that one next. There he went.
1: Just did it. Just
0: did
2: it, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Just know, did it. Apart from when
1: it counted. When we've done the stuff before, like archery, um, It's sort of split into two groups of people. Like there's uh, some of the engineers in our office, or some of the staff in our office, are sort of just there for fun and just the new experience, and and then others are very much there for who is the best and who is going to (laughs) hit the most bullseyes and very competitive. Yeah, any of that going on? Yeah,
0: we did because you're fine with these things. You usually have like the the kind of groups gravitating towards each other. So you have yes. the competitive one over there and the less competitive one plus me on the other side. <laughs> so we, the first, there were a couple of games. So like, you know, five points for bullseye, four, three, two, one, et cetera. And we lost that one. And I think uh, Jonathan turned to me and said, Oh, it probably doesn't help that we have all the competitive people on our team. And I was like, I'm competitive and I'm having a terrible time. (laughs) But then we won the second one and the third, in fact. But then we had a double or nothing and we lost the last one. So, Mm. well, yeah, we played the long con.
1: Double or nothing when you were two ahead or one ahead. Yeah, no, we are just trying to keep it, you
0: know. We we, we could have walked away with the victory. And I think everybody even now knows that we we won. But, (laughs) you know, we thought, let's... The evening doesn't have to end here. Let's <laughs> double or nothing. Yeah. No, it was good. Recommend. Mm. Um, I'm going to start up front with the Kickstarters, if that's all
1: right. This is crazy. Whoa. Yeah. It's on its head. It's so off script.
0: Because I've got two, and I feel like, you know, that, and I know this from listening to podcasts myself, I don't always make it to the end of podcasts,
2: Palaces oh, would would never, would never tear <laughs> off.
0: Yeah, 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 I know that's what I thought. But I thought, you know, rather than keep them hanging on until the end where they'll be definitely listening, I'm going to front load cool. um, with these. Not that they're uh, amazing Kickstarters, but I, I thought both of them were kind of kind of interesting. So the first one I've got is called Notch. See if you can guess where I'm going with this.
1: Minecrafting. I'm going to nope. guess something to do with smartphone screens.
0: yeah. It is so. iPhone ten seems to have started this, and you why see. Did you,
2: why did you guess that? Uh,
1: because the Pixel three XL just came out with a notch in its screen, and uh, iPhones yeah, have also course, yeah. just come out, continuing like they haven't gone away from the notch that they came out with last year.
0: Yeah, well, that's funny, isn't it? That they are, Apple did a notch, and then Pixel did a notch. What's all what about?
1: Yeah, only on the big one.
0: Yeah. it's crazy isn't it though that that's kind of like seen as a good idea and way to do things isn't it So i thought there'd be more of a pushback against it but
1: well i guess i guess the idea is if if people are buying them if people want a a screen where pretty much everything that possibly could be screen on the front of it is screen then
0: is there not some way to put the camera behind the screen does that work? Like you have one-way glass? Can you have? You wouldn't one be way? able to
1: see. You wouldn't be able to display anything on top of the camera, would you?
0: I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Is there? Is there that kind of technology? I don't, I
1: don't I th- think. I think so. the way that I mean, uh,
0: one-way glass, for instance, so you can have. Yeah,
1: one-way. but it's not just glass, is it? It's LEDs yeah. that need to light up or not light up.
0: Yeah. Or I'll tell you what. Figure LCD. that out, and then I'll be impressed with mobile phones again. But yeah, all this to say, there are notches on a lot of phones nowadays. So this is from this is from the the notch Kickstarter, they say. Love your iPhone ten. I wish your plebeian phone stood up to the towering elegance of Apple's finest. Now, all of your devices can revel in the magic of the best the industry has to offer, with manufacturers across the mobile industry scraping to put phones out with the iconic top-mounted obstruction. It became clear that this was something all users needed. It's a sticker.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was going (laughs) to say (laughs) that.
0: Put it on the top of your various devices. You can put it on your laptop. You can put it on your phone. One of their examples is putting it on a book. Mm. doesn't matter you can notch everything it's yeah it's obviously silly and not real it might be real i don't know it's probably quite cheap to print off a bit of vinyl but uh it's very it's a very well done kickstarter it's worth a look at the page lots of details there cool yeah lots of attention to detail and they uh, do as well uh you could get a cut so they do two notch sizes they do the classic notch and they do the colossal notch colossal notch it's recommended to be used with front doors and cars. <laughs> <laughs> so you can notch your life.
1: Uh. <laughs> um my car already kinda has a notch on the windscreen yeah, where the, some of them do, don't they? Yeah. Where the um rear view mirror is mounted.
0: Hmm. Yeah, well, you could have one on the back window to match,
1: I suppose. And that's where the reverse light is mounted. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, there's, there's See,
1: Apple Apple copying my car. Copying
0: your car <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, there's apps you can get on Android that will put a fake notch at the top of your phone. <laughs> Which, of course. I guess on OLED screens actually looks quite good. Well, you know, as, as good as in technically good, not design good. It's a tragedy. The other Kickstarter that I've got is one called uh, IRL Glasses. Have you ever seen that film? Um, what's it called? They Live.
1: I'm looking at Adam here because I figured they, they more live more likely to no, I don't think so. I haven't seen it, but I think I know what you're talking about from context. Yeah. The, so, I'm sure I've seen memes and stuff. Yeah. Basically where... Like, people have been taken over or replaced or something. There's, like, alien creatures yeah, wandering around. Yeah, a bit of a body snatcher element. They, they look normal, but if you wear special glasses or something, then you can see who they really are and they look like horrific monsters.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they actually reference, because the other thing is that this kind of, like, this alien government is over overseeing everything so you put glasses and you read a a billboard and whereas normally it's an advert for toothpaste it says like obey consume well these glasses don't do that but they are polarized um, rather than the typical north to south polarization or whatever it is it's right to left polarization and it um, means that if you put these glasses on when you're walking around you can't see any screens or TVs or anything like that.
2: Mm. You know okay. about the whole concept yeah, yeah. of
0: polarization? Yeah. Yeah. So for the low, low price of $80, you can wow. get some what essentially look like real D 3D glasses and you can walk around not being able to see any screens.
1: Mm. Keep- Probably make your own from thinking, a pair of real 3D glasses. Yeah,
0: because how do they work? Is it just one of them's polarized one way and one of them's yeah, they're ninety the
1: other. degrees to each other. So, like, if you got two polarized uh, polarization filters and you have them like completely lined up, then light will get through them, but if you rotate them 90 degrees, Mm. then it blocks the light rays Mm. uh, if you overlay them on top of each other. So the way that 3D films and stuff work is that they have two projectors, one of which is outputting light that's polarized one direction and one which is outputting it polarized 90 degrees to it, and then you've got the equivalent filters on each eye on your glasses, so each eye can only see... Half of the light, essentially. Yeah. For whichever one should be the left eye and the right eye. So yeah. you should be able to just cut them out and yeah, rotate them, I would have thought. I mean, it's a while since I've done physics, but...
0: Sure. But I'm right in thinking that a lot of like screens don't all work in the same way in terms of polarisation. Yeah. Like I think something like, I, it might be the Samsung Notes is polarised at something like 15 degrees or something it's weird it's uh it's off kilter so it wouldn't necessarily work with all screens Mm. and in fact case in point the kind of big billboards that they use the daily live example for if you had a big billboard like an electronic billboard like that massive distracting one on the ponds forge roundabout yeah they're led usually and it wouldn't work on that so that's like lots of little lights rather than lcd yeah whatever is
1: which employs a Polarization filter on as mm. part of the screen,
0: yeah, so They're rubbish basically well, the other thing is you can't just wear them as normal glasses, well you can, but you don't get the
1: the polarizing effect. have you seen the thing that people have done occasionally with monitors where they remove the polarization filter from the monitor?
2: Oh, yeah, I've seen,
1: that. and then put that on the glasses, yeah, so that essentially to everybody else, it just looks like it's outputting white light, yeah, but then behind the glasses behind the filter, you can see what's actually on the screen,
2: yeah, it's really good, thats yeah, it's that's, clever, that's quite good, that's
0: like the inverse of this, pretty much, yeah, so instead of not being able to see anything, you can only see you're the only person who can see it mm. someone found it so you, could
2: you could you do things where you like if you had different angled polarization on the lenses, you could have white screens and then have different things displayed to you depending on the angle or would that is that something different i don't know i
1: I'm not really hundred percent sure how it works, but I think the idea is if you if you take the polarization filter off a monitor, then it's not filtering the light properly so you just get white light so there is a signal coming out but that signal isn't properly filtered so you can't see it
0: remember that playstation tv though so you could play split screen with a friend but you both had glasses with opposite polarization yeah so one could see one thing one could see another but you couldn't see each other's yeah that's clever. Yeah, one of the things in their Q and uh, A bits is they say, "Are you are you accounting for car manufacturers with LCD screens in the design?" And their answer is, "We honestly have not accounted for this, and our legal department strongly encourages us to dissuade driving whilst wearing in real life glasses." <laughs> so, as much as they like the idea, um, please check with your car first to make sure it's not messing with your ability to drive safely. So, yeah. There you go. A couple of kickstarters. Let's get on to the real news. Uh, David, tell us about this antitrust thing.
1: Okay. Uh, so there was a while ago, like, like three months, I think, ago, uh, there was a antitrust case brought against google of the kind that we've seen a bunch of times against google and microsoft and so on where they basically get accused of abusing their position in the market to force their wares onto other people yeah uh, onto the other manufacturers so we've had things like microsoft got um taken to task about how they bundle internet explorer into windows. Yeah, they got so, browsered. Yeah, saying that that was an unfair advantage and they were foisting this default browser on everyone. Yeah. Um the Google case which Google are uh, appealing. They've been fined I think it's 4.34 billion euros mm-hmm. basically because they've got the Android um operating system and as part of the Android operating system they include things like the Google Search and Google Chrome uh, and and require that anyone who wants to develop an Android phone has to include those packages. Uh, and they also say that anybody who's developing uh, an Android phone with those products in, they're not allowed to create their own versions of Android, mm. uh, their own forks. Um, basically, the European Commission has said No, that's not good. You're abusing your position, you get this massive fine and also you've got 90 days to tell us what you're going to do about it to fix this problem. So they're they're appealing it at the moment um, and it'll go presumably back to court, but they still have to do their 90 days worth of how we're going to resolve it. So what they've said, they've turned around and said, okay, fine, Um, we're no longer going to require manufacturers to bundle all our Google apps into their Android. We're also not... We're lifting the restrictions to say that you you are now allowed to create, say, Google-flavoured Android with Google stuff in it if you want, in addition to also making your own custom versions of Android uh, and doing your own thing. You're now allowed to do both those things. But because they... Basically, funded the development of Android, they say, through the fact that Google Search and Google Chrome were built into it, which both of which are massive revenue generators, Mm. as well as things like the Google Store. They've now said, well, if we're going to be forced to allow manufacturers to not have to put those things in. We're not going to get any money from that, so we won't be able to fund Android. So we need another way of generating money from Android. So now what we're going to do is we're not only going to give you the option of taking these things out, we're actually going to remove them unless you pay us a fee to put them in. So if you are a manufacturer who wants to create a phone running Android and you want it to have Google search in it, which you probably a lot of your users will want sure or access to the google play store which again is probably pretty high on the list of reasons why you'd want android access to all of the apps that run on android yeah then you are going to have to pay some licensing fee to include that
0: that is a bit backfiery
1: it, it seems a bit messy doesn't it
0: it reminds me of you know what we were talking about a few weeks ago with the article 13 stuff mm. where there was that example where german newspapers said well we don't want to be listed or, or the government said we want you to respect uh our journalists and we don't want you to list their content because it takes av- uh, revenue away from the site and so google said fine we won't list them um and they saw a big drop in the amount of Traffic. Traffic. Yeah. So then they basically went crawling back to Google to give their authorization. Seems like you might have that situation. This might just go to prove how bad the problem is.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, I, I don't see it ending well in any way, really. Because either yeah. the the kind of the two obvious ways that this plays out in my mind, I think, are either, um, in one case, all the manufacturers are like, "Uh, but we need that stuff." because that's major selling points of our phones. So we're going to have to pay this licensing fee, but that means that it's more expensive to us to make those phones. So we're going to have to pass that on to our consumers. So suddenly all the Android phones are going to get more expensive. Uh, That's one way that this could play. The other way could be all the manufacturers go, oh, we don't want to pay those licensing fees. We're going to develop our own software and so suddenly like the Android ecosystem is already pretty fractured. Yeah. You've got loads and loads of phones out there all running kind of different versions of Android with then on top of it you've got different... So, you know, you Samsung or HTC or whoever is manufacturing the phone will layer a bunch of their own apps and features and skins and so on on top of the stock Android. Different phones all have different processes and, you know, specs on them, which means they will support different things. So you might buy a phone that will run, you know, a particular version of Android but then isn't capable of running the next one or a couple of versions later, so you might fall out of date. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of all of that, you've got the age-old problem of you've then got... um Companies like T-Mobile or whoever, you know, the um, the actual phone companies, who then also layer on top of on top of the Google and the manufacturers' stuff, will put their own things in there and their own restrictions, which has been a classic problem with getting updates in Android because you know there's a security hole found in Android. Google have to solve the problem, release a patch then that has to go to the manufacturer. The manufacturer has to test it on all their versions of the phone and make sure it doesn't break anything on that they've added or changed and then sign it off. And then it has to go to the carrier and they have to make sure that it doesn't break anything and sign it off. And so, you know, a massive security hole might get discovered in Android and it might take you months before you actually get a patch because it's got to go through all these different companies and iterations and testing cycles. Yeah. So it's already... mess if they suddenly decide that well we don't want to pay for the google play store we're going to make our own store you're going to have you know like the samsung store the the amazon store streaming
0: video services
1: all over yeah it's everything's going to be split and you're going to have oh i bought this phone but it turns out there's no apps for it because nobody's bothered to make the apps for it. Or, you know, companies are going to be making apps for, going to be faced with making apps for like, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight different stores and making sure that they can all go through all of their individual, you know, checks and so on to yeah. actually get it listed. Um, Which would be horrible
0: for app developers as well. If I player wanted to be on multiple stores. Yeah.
1: And you've got to maintain all these different builds of it and potentially if everybody's got different requirements to actually get into the store and you've got to run through all these different checks and stuff. Like at the moment, there's already and there long has been people who just write iPhone apps because they don't want to bother with targeting Android because it's, you know, there's much more variance in the hardware and it's, you know, mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's just a way it's harder, harder to build for Android because you don't know, you know. If you if you're targeting iPhone, you can basically look at, well, these are the most recent models and these are the models that sort of, you know, eighty percent of our audience are going to be running, and therefore we can figure out what we need to target in terms of performance and stuff. Whereas Android, that's all over the map. Yeah. Yeah, and this is true. just gonna potentially just gonna split it, it up work. even more.
0: You need a third party that everyone can band behind, like a Play Store, but kind of like an open source, like open store. You could say we've got an open store policy. Stuff. <laughs> that's it. That's my entire. Book. Yeah, but yeah, I suppose that's the whole point of antitrust is to try and get competitive competitors in there to try and break up that market a bit. sure. So, yeah, I I mean, there was a lot of... I saw DuckDuckGo, which is my homepage, but which I never really use because I always use Google. (laughs) Uh, They were taking a bit of a swipe at Google about it, saying that Google had also attacked them because DuckDuckGo has a Chrome extension so this is an android specific this is
2: what's the go sorry
0: Uh, so it's a search engine which kind of prides itself on not tracking you not retaining any information that kind of thing
1: i think it actually uses google's back end but kind of so if you do a search on google google will record the fact that you've done the search and will tie as much of your personal information as they can figure out to the search in order to you know later on market to you, run ads and so on Mm -hmm. um and track you around on different devices and do all sorts of you know sinister things whereas DuckDuckGo very deliberately try and like hide all of that data they don't want any of your information about where you're coming from and who you are so I believe they basically take your search query and like and cleanse it and push it through their servers and then hand it on to Google and then pull the results back from Google. Mm. So I think they are still working off the Google search engine, but they're acting as a sort of intermediary Mm. and just requesting it anonymously on your behalf.
2: Yeah,
0: and you can get a little extension add-in so that you can search DuckDuckGo in your toolbar or something like that. But every time that Google update Chrome... They ask you with a big official looking message if you'd like to disable this toolbar to try and get you to stop using it. But furthermore, they also (laughs) then Google went and bought Duck.com. The idea being, and if you click go to Duck.com or if you did go to Duck.com, it would take you to Google. And the idea being that I guess people who were typing duck duck Going, in trying to auto complete it would instead result, resolve to duck.com and huh. then they'd catch your search traffic. I get the search t- traffic, yeah. That interestingly has now now changed. So if you go to duck.com now, you get a message from Google, Google on to technologies and basically saying that so whoever previously owned duck.com. I think maybe whoever this on2 technologies company is uh they they have this domain uh their on2 was previously called the duck corporation so if you type duck.com you are redirected to on com, or well, that's what happened previously so they potentially bought out a company just so that they could do this, so that they could get the duck duck dot com domain. But then they they do say at the bottom: if you meant to visit ducks dot com, go here. If you meant to visit the search engine duck duck, go click here. And if you want to learn more about ducks on Wikipedia, click here. A little bit of irreverent Google <laughs> humor for you there. So personal, in between, in between it, all the it. corporate espionage, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but I think I think they probably had to do this, maybe as a result of this antitrust thing, to try and stop. Because I don't think there's any set amount of the market that you have control over before you can come under fire for antitrust. I think it's more you just need to be big enough for there to be the case made that you can influence or somehow hamper other companies.
1: I mean, yeah, I I don't I've not looked into the legal depths of it, and I don't really understand it. I guess. I've always, I was always really confused by the Microsoft one with internet explorer. Mm. Like I didn't see the problem of bundling a browser with windows Mm -hmm. when it's very easy to download another browser. I mean, obviously you have to fire up internet explorer to download the browser, but
0: yeah, but I suppose, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Like back in the day, if You wanted an alternative browser, say if you installed an operating system and you did, didn't come with the bundled in browser, how would you get alternative browsers?
1: Uh, you have you'd to, probably have to fire up a command line. I don't know.
0: Or, or maybe, maybe they come on a disk
1: like AOL and stuff when they used to come on disk. Dial into a BBS and download it <laughs> yeah. through command line systems. Like, yeah. Where, like, where we do got, you
2: stop with it though? Like, Like, if you're buying an operating system, like, you part of the appeal is the software that it comes yeah. with, isn't it? Like, it
1: comes with a basic text editor, yeah. it comes with a calculator and so on. The I the other thing is like what's what is the difference, especially in that case, between Microsoft bundling Internet Explorer with Windows and Apple bundling Safari with Mac OS?
0: Hmm. Well, interestingly, Google well, I think it says in the article, doesn't it, that Google pay Apple nine billion to make uh to make Google the default search engine in Safari
2: do they
1: yeah which uh, again is another <laughs> thing the European commission is not happy about
2: but yeah. d- don't uh, you know on iPhones you mm. can't change your default browser from Safari can you i think you can can you actually you I can i think you can
1: like historically and I it's a long time since I've used an iOS device so I don't know if this has changed at all you I remember when Google Chrome came out on iOS and it was Chrome, but it was Chrome kind of surface level Chrome and it was yeah. actually hooking into the Safari in the background, yeah, so it was using the kind of the web kit and all of the kind of built in web browser functionality basically if you want if you want to build an app on apple products on you know an i uh, iphone or whatever and you want it to be able to browse the internet for whatever reason like just you know bring up a help page that takes you to a, a section on your company's website with help on it you you have all of this basic web browser stuff that you can just hook into uh, and include in your app i gather that's pretty much what google was doing when they made chrome on ios mm. So it didn't necessarily send data to Safari, but it was using Safari's the kind of the same stuff that Safari was built on. It wasn't built on its own code, but it had this sort of layer of Google on top and would also presumably send your information off to Google.
0: Fair enough. Just had a look here. So if you go into Safari on, on iOS, it does give you a search engine option where you can choose from either Google, um, Yahoo, uh, Bing, or
2: DuckDuckGo. I'm not talking about that though. I'm talking about a default browser. Oh right, I see. And you can't. I've just googled it. So right. so, so like you how can is install that?
1: Install Chrome, but you can't set it as your default. Yeah, like if you if you clicking a link. if you
2: click a link on say Twitter or like or any app. It will automatically open in Safari. Right. And you can't change that. So, uh, like, how have they not been? I, that's guess, pretty I guess the
1: difference what, maybe which, I'm yeah, I'm theorizing. I Again, I don't know the legals behind it. But I guess the difference is that it's an Apple, like it's all one Apple ecosystem. Whereas with Android, yeah, okay. it's not Google manufacturing every single Android phone. They are licensing out Android, or it's Android's actually open source but as part of the deal previously you had to include yeah. Google search so if you are, you you Google is getting all these different companies to build phones that run Android so it's kind of forcing its policies and its software yeah. into something that's being created by a third party
0: yeah interestingly I was reading a little while ago that apparently in Google's latest, what do they call it? I.O. still? The thing where they announced Pixel 3? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Whatever it was called, they didn't use the word Android once during the presentation. Now, mm. I think that's mostly because what they were talking about was more hardware specific. But I don't know. I don't know if maybe they're trying to not distance themselves. It could just be a coincidence. But
1: They definitely talked about Chrome OS.
0: Yeah. Maybe they're going to do their own. Maybe they're going to do their own fork of it.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe they're just going to kill off Android and build Chrome yeah. OS and just leave well fine.
0: Yeah, and you'll we'll have, just leave it to burn then.
1: You'll have Apple devices. You'll have Android for the masses, and then you'll have Google built Chrome OS running high-end smartphones from from mm. Google themselves.
0: I should, probably should tell Adam about that Palm thing. So, you know, remember Palm as in Palm Pilot? Yeah. Well, like someone bought, it, bought the rights to their name and has created a, uh, a little Palm phone. Here's a picture of it. I can get it up on the website. Oh, it's right, a yeah. Tiny phone.
1: It's, what, roughly credit card size, somewhere around that? Yeah. Although about, well, significantly thicker, like five mil thick, something like that.
0: Yeah, it's like a Diddy, Diddy phone. Uh, You can't buy it outright. You have to buy it as part of an an add-on for an existing, I think it's Verizon contracts. It uses the same number as your actual phone. Mm -hmm. But it's like runs Android 8.1, which is, what's that these days? It's a version behind. Is that, what food stuff is it?
1: Uh, Oreo, I think. Okay. Because we're on P now at the moment, right?
0: Yeah, which is Pi. But is that only currently on the flagship stuff?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think it might have come out on other things. I'm not sure. But okay. they. I think they specifically say in the article that they aren't running the latest Android because they've built in Especially various – the whole The whole point of this little Palm device is that you're supposed to own it in addition to an existing phone. And it's supposed to be the phone that you carry when, with you when you want time away from your phone so
0: but it's a fully featured phone so you know it's yeah, not so one it's of those ways
2: yeah you can just send messages and call yeah it's not even like that because yeah. i think there
0: was what well, there was a phone called oh, i can't remember what it was called light phone i think and that was the whole point like if you just want to make calls and send messages man it's not even that it's just entire functionality of a mobile phone including like unlocking it with your face like it'll use a really? front-mounted eight-megapixel camera to unlock your phone. It's got a want, camera on it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's got, got two it,
1: cameras: like. yeah, selfie um, camera, like eight-megapixel front camera, twelve-megapixel back camera. Yeah, I think the point is that it's because it's so small and kind of like got you know a not very good processor in it and a, mm, and a like smallish a battery. Thing. It's you wouldn't want to spend your time on it. Yeah. So it's more of a discouragement. So it's there if you need it in an emergency. but And and as I was saying, they have built in various features to kind of dissuade you from, you know, using it too much to mm. manage your time. It's just so, one dedicated. There's only one button, isn't there? And it's the power yeah, button. There's a power button, which also, if you long press, it brings up the Google Assistant. Um, but yeah, you... That's their cited reason for not running Android Pi is that Android Pi has a bunch of features built into it that will let you manage how much screen time you're having and put like locks on things so that you mm-hmm. you can't view stuff for more than so many time or you can you can see your statistics of which apps you've had open for how long.
0: I thought you were gonna say something like Android 9 is so good that there's no way that you can cripple it because it's just so intuitive. <laughs> Whereas with this, they have things like if you want to change the volume, you've got to tap into a menu and then change the volume. It doesn't have dedicated volume buttons or anything like that. Right. But, you know, you can. it fits in a little thing on your arm so you can take it running, you can take it out on a night out and you don't have to worry about losing it because it's only $350. Oh, man. I don't know. We were saying the other day, weren't we? we were not we we talking about our phones and how much they cost, and just charting how ridiculous pricing of phones has gone. Oh yeah, because I mean, you had a look at because you've had Google phones for the past or Android phones for the past four or five generations, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, starting I, with the Nexus Four, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I'm going to try and bring up my page and just see how much I've spent on stuff.
0: Yeah, but when we were talking about it. I then went and had a look at all of my invoices as well for all my phones. So I think I had a, because I tended to upgrade on the on the main year. So, you know, you have you have the 5, 5E, five 6E six, yeah. six e or the S or whatever it's called. So I had the 5, 6, 7. Something went wrong somewhere because now I've ended up on the off year and yeah. I don't know how that happened. Because
2: the, it went 7 to 8 didn't it. It wasn't like a 7. It year. went to 7, 8 and 10. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So now we're off year 10. And now who knows what it is. It's there's like three different lines out now in the XRS. XRS. Yeah.
0: yeah the iPhone 5 was about 500 pounds maybe 4. Yeah,
2: 500. Yeah, know. it's it's not, in it? I mean, well even the 8 that brand new, so eight was the lesser of the the eight and the X last year. That mm. was seven hundred quid. Yeah. Uh The X was a grand. Then there was the X Plus or whatever they called it, and that was like probably like one thousand two hundred or something. Mm. Yeah. But, but like now, what? So like the cheap, the cheapest phone you can get is now like seven hundred quid
1: from yeah. Apple. Yeah. 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 That is. So I, but we're,
0: we're kind of used to this it's luxury pricing yeah you know, i mean I, apple, apple
1: has always been expensive yeah but yeah. google are heading that way as well yeah. so like the mm. so the first phone i bought direct from google first google branded phone was the nexus 4 that cost me 279 pounds and that was a good phone that was What's a great that? phone i really like that phone that had wireless charging of wow. all things which you know <laughs> apparently not a big deal until suddenly last year it was a big deal again um, is it a big deal now though well i said they they never bundled anything in the box for wireless charging no, did they? no but you could buy you could buy stuff it's, separately yeah. for it anyway it so that was format, it? that was 280 and then followed up by the nexus 5 which was 300 and then right, you yeah, <laughs> know two years yeah. then there was the pixel doubled to 600 pounds <laughs> and then the sort of base model pixel 3 is now 740
2: you gotta mm. laugh aren't you? You've got <laughs> to laugh.
1: it's skyrocketing i mean and I'm, I'm sure not having got it yet i'm sure the pixel 3 is great and all but yeah is it is you it, know is quid it great yeah, you know, four hundred pounds better than the Nexus Four. I mean,
0: what's going in? What's going in? Now you got you got your NFC chips. You've got your front-facing super face detecting connect cameras. Uh, you've got fingerprint sensors. Fingerprint sensors.
1: I mean, they made a big deal about it all being software. Basically, mm-hmm. that was the kind of takeaway of the Google Pixel Three announcement stuff. Was yeah, the hardware's fine but it's the software that really differences it from other mm. stuff that's out there. So, yeah, we've got the, these cameras uh, and the cameras are good, but what makes the good, you know, the the ability to take good pictures is the software that will, you know, take a burst of shots and then intelligently using Google AI figure out, you know, which one or recommend to you which one of this, you know, sort of, seconds worth worth of burst shots it thinks is the one that you actually want so yeah. if you take a picture of you know people trying to get together where you're all all trying to pose and you take a picture and somebody was just looking away or blinking at that point you can then rewind a little bit and find the point where everybody's not blinking everybody is smiling mm. or you know there are examples of people sort of like jumping into a into a lake uh and you you take the picture just too late while they're just, just falling out of fr- shot, but you can you know rewind it a bit and find the right point where they're midair and, and it will recommend to you that. How or, does it do that
0: then? How does it know you're going to press the button? Is it constantly buffering before you click the button? Presumably. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I don't know. I mean, not had not got my hands on it, not played with it, but, but it, it does stuff like, like that, the uh, intelligent zoom that it's got where you kind of, Smartphone zooms it as traditionally are rubbish because it's a digital zoom. it's just taking the picture and then enlarging it, so you're just kind of seeing the pixels mm. uh but they say that the AI basically takes the micro movements of your hand every sort of millisecond or fraction of a second and uses that to work out a higher definition version of the picture by taking all those different samples of slightly moved uh phone and then says okay we can build something that's more detailed than what we're actually getting on the sensor the the problem with this is though if you don't care about taking good photos and you just
2: want a you you've there's like some apps that you use or whatever you still need a pretty decent phone because the apps have got so much of the pack so much more into them that you need a, a good phone to mm. be able to use them smoothly as well so like you still our earlier, to buy
1: earlier podcast about yeah, exactly yeah how bloated apps and you know performance and stuff yeah. and just yeah. targeting the baseline which is constantly moving forward yeah yeah
2: so i've got i've got an iphone 8 and the last couple of weeks I've noticed slight little bits of lag creeping into oh, yeah.
1: what it. What jank is coming. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's because old, it's, it's time, Adam, it's time to get a new one. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Stuff used to last.
0: But I was looking at like the, the, the Huawei P20 or whatever, their new flagship phone. That's like 700 quid. Um, There was one that I was looking at called the, oh, I can't remember something 10. It's like hero 10, but it wasn't hero. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, honor. Honor ten. That's like four hundred, I think. But yeah, then you kind of get into that whole fragmented Android market thing and is it gonna be support supported and you think, yeah, it's just a bit of a nightmare. Mm. But yeah. Antitrust, you know, maybe it'll maybe it'll carve out some some give someone else a leg up or give someone else a chance in this crazy mobile world.
1: It'll be interesting to see how it all falls out.
0: Yeah. Well, stay tuned for that. Uh, da, 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 da. What we got next? Deep some... fakes. Yeah. Okay, so someone gone and done a video where they put the real, the real Han Solo back into the into the Solo movie, right? And they used computers to do it.
1: Yeah, it's so not the whole movie. They just took a couple of scenes and they took not like Han Solo as he was in Star Wars, but a young. Han solo so a young Harrison Ford rather took a photo of him I guess or a couple of source images of him mm-hmm. and then used so Adam you come across the concept of deep fakes yeah we've I think we've talked about it before yeah but broadly it's being able to kind of superimpose an image over the top of like of of a face for example over the top of somebody else's face in some footage and use AI to kind of manipulate it so that you' basically replacing somebody's face. Yeah. And people do it for all kinds of reasons, a lot of which are pornographic um, and, which and is now an equal number illegal. Good. Probably should be. Yeah. And an equal number really? of which are
0: illegal. <laughs> yeah. well, wow.
1: There's a, a big growing trend to put Nicolas Cage in every movie ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I tell you what when I was doing research as well, the amount of porn that gets flagged up as well. Seems like that's what a lot of that stuff's used for.
2: Yeah, An absolute
1: roulette. Trying to do research for this
2: story, <laughs> but,
1: uh, I, I literally just watched the YouTube video, so I'm I'm glad I didn't bother <laughs> reading any further. Safe but, search on on DuckDuckGo. Yeah, I hadn't
0: actually looked at this footage very much for the uh, for the Harrison Ford in in Solo, but yeah, it's good. But it kind of works as well because it's meant to be a film where Harrison Ford's younger. Yeah. Uh, and a part of that, you know, he does look younger, but I don't know how much of that is just the deep fake not being very good. Mm. Well, so a smooth face.
1: He says that he specifically chose a picture, I think, that predates Harrison Ford in Star Wars, so it's an even younger version of Harrison Ford than was in the original Star Wars film. So I guess there's an element of us not recognizing the face so much because he is younger. Maybe. But yeah, the it looks good. Um, the lighting and stuff matches up mm. the kind of there's some complicated stuff going on in the scenes. I think he has cherry picked the scenes, yeah, in order to find ones that work well there There is shaky moments where it doesn't quite look right, and I imagine if we were watching it on a cinema screen as opposed to you know a mobile phone or a laptop, then it would be a bit more obvious.
2: I'm just wondering if they if they did it with two people, like a scene from a film you'd never seen before and a person that you didn't know, whether you'd actually notice. Because, you know, I've, I assume we've all seen the f- solo and we yeah. all know what Harrison Ford looks like. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you kind of look at, and that was the per- the per- point of the video. So we're kind of looking out and I just want to know if, if you just watched a normal scene, would you actually notice?
1: Mm, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, he, so he's written some... He's written a blog talking about the whole concept of deepfakes and stuff as well. And as part of that, he addresses the sort of idea of is this, you know, the next big thing for visual effects and is it going to replace the traditional VFX? So the kind of, I guess, benchmark stuff is probably still the Rogue One things. So in in Mm -hmm. Star Wars Rogue One, they had... Grand Moff Tarkin and Princess Leia were both digital recreations of those mm. actors. So um, Peter Cushing, Cushing was put in by computer yeah. and a, a young Carrie Fisher as well. And a lot of people I've read really don't like the Princess Leia. I, I didn't see anything wrong with Leia, but I saw a whole lot that was really wrong with Tarkin. I mean, there were both, um, the layer was
0: uncanny. And I right. think to an extent, uncanny puts people off more than bad CGI. Okay. Because I think it's a, it's a human instinct thing of, oh, this is trying to trick me. Whereas, yeah, the Tarkin stuff, it was a bit, I didn't feel it was as good. I tell you what, is the Statue of Limitations upon Blade Runner spoilers? Do you reckon?
2: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because well, well, I think... Blade Runner spoilers come in. Skip, skip for Blade Runner a couple of 2 minutes. spoilers. Yeah. Blade Harder. <laughs> uh, they, the, when
0: Rachel's reintroduced in that, I thought that was really good. Mm. I thought, oh, that's good stuff. And I wonder if someone who's not seen the first one saw that would think that person was real. I think you get away with that because she's a replicant. Yeah, so she's so kind of got odd mannerisms to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> that's true.
1: But he... What I was saying is that he talks about... um he reckons that you get a better likeness of a deep fake, assuming some sort of base level of, um, if they're approximately the same sort of uh, shape of head and so on, yeah. uh, then it's easier to map stuff together. And then you get something that looks more realistic, he reckons, than the effects. Mm. But the big problem um, comes with when you're viewing stuff in high definition, in 2K or 4K and so on because the way deepfakes work apparently uses quite a low-resolution image to map stuff. So if you're seeing stuff on a big screen, then visual effects, which will have things like pay attention to stuff like skin detail, uh, skin texturing, subsurface scattering, which is like how the light bounces off surfaces differently depending on how hard or soft they are, um, Kind of eye details and so on, all of these kind of layers upon layers that they put into traditional VFX will win out under kind of high resolution scrutiny. So, yeah, if you're watching somebody who's just put, you know, Harrison Ford's face over solo and you're watching it on your mobile phone, it probably looks great and potentially might even look better or the same as a VFX. Uh, version of the same thing that is going to cost way more in time and money. But for, you know, big TVs or cinema screens, then it's just not there yet. Yeah.
0: And they'll get there. There's a, there's a good YouTube channel that I found while I was researching called two minute papers. And they've got some videos on video to video synthesis. Mm. It's quite interesting. So taking footage of somewhat of a car driving down a street lined with trees and then trying to use external stimuli to, Remove the trees. And okay, it, it looks like yeah, as you say, a low resolution. You think, oh yeah, that's pretty good. But you can see, well, as soon as it's blown up to any kind of high resolution image, you think, oh no,
1: there's some noise here. There's artifacts there.
0: Yeah, but if you're just looking that that you know, giving that a fleeting glance, then yeah, you could think that that's that's real. And I think that's a lot of the problem with some of this stuff is that everyone wonders about how this is going to be used for things like political purposes. I wonder if one day we'll have a fake president, kind of like, you know, the gorillas or something. <laughs> gorillas have their, their their digital avatars, don't they? Yeah. Or a Hatsune Miku kind of thing. Yeah. Where you don't have a real person, you've got. This has got to be the su- subject of like a, a Blade Runner or a Deus Ex or something I mean,
1: like that. It's. <sighs> It's getting very cliche to say it, but there is a Black Mirror episode that is entirely <laughs> about that. The, the one oh, yeah, with the, the cartoon Waldo bear. One, yeah, Waldo. yeah, yeah, you're
0: right. Although I don't know if that was very uh that wasn't very good fake video really. Well, it was it was, more, it was, it was deliberately avatar, a cartoon
1: it? bear. It was not trying to fake mm. anything, but yeah. The, I don't know the, about
0: okay, I've heard reference because it talks specifically in an article about Henry Cavill's moustache mm. in Superman. superman yeah and i never i'd never clocked that and i you, suppose that's probably had you heard
1: the story behind that no i uh, so, only, no i hadn't so it's um i can't remember what film he was doing instead was it like a war film uh it's sort of film where you'd have a tash yeah exactly. Some, something that came out fairly recently anyway the so henry cavill was in superman obviously or in was it which which film was it? Was anyway? it Batman
0: versus Superman? Batman versus... I think so. I was watching the okay. half in the bag, and I think that I that's thought it was that... Justice League. I think it's Justice oh, it's League. I think
1: League. it is. Yeah, League, yeah. 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 Right. So Henry Cavill is Superman in Justice League. Um, had a bit of a troubled production, and they ended up wanting to do a lot of reshoots. But in between him finishing filming the first time and coming back to do reshoots, he'd grown a mustache for his next role in another film, hmm. and he explicitly had in his contract or something that he couldn't shave the mustache off yeah uh so the solution to this was to basically cgi out the mustache and (laughs) so in various scenes which are the reshoot scenes reshot scenes henry cavill has this fake cgi lip going on which Apparently, is very obvious, especially if you're looking for it. Right. I've not seen Justice League.
0: It's a shame he wasn't playing Batman. wouldn't have been an issue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Batman, pretty much the only thing you can see of Batman is his mouth. I Didn't can't... we talk about this for the week? Uh... Wasn't there a the thing with. Um,
2: in. Uh, is it Skyfall? Maybe I wasn't talking about it with you. There's, there's a scene where he um, bought. White gloves or something, and he said to the director uh, that he like liked the the idea of James Bond wearing white gloves in this particular scene. right But he has a gun that's fingerprint um oh. fingerprint recognised so that only he can fire it. Right. And in this scene, he's wearing gloves, so they have to they had to CG a, a, a like a flesh coloured hand over his gloved hands, and apparently that's really funny as well to see that. Oh really. Oh. Because oh, like it's only in post-production to... someone brought it up and was like, wait a minute, how can he activate this gun if he's wearing gloves? And they were like, No <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stuff like that that there's, there's, there's the, the thing the in... Billy
0: Connolly and uh whatever it is, the oh, Hobbit. Oh yeah. gosh,
1: that looked awful. Yeah. I yeah, like I like Billy Connolly as like an actor. Well, as a comedian, I guess. I've not really seen him act, but yeah, at some level... You've seen half of his face At some SpaceX. level, why? Yeah,
0: I know. Well, at that point, I don't know. They probably just needed the star power. Uh, that and the know. novelty of shooting it at 40 frames per second, which I'm so glad hasn't caught
1: on. It just made everything look so much worse. Yeah. yeah. I there's... there's it's the lack of smearing, I think. When they converted, they shot everything at 40 frames a second. I never saw any of the Hobbit at 40 frames a second. I saw it at a regular 24 frames a second. Mm. But something I think about the converting of it from 40 back down to 24, when, you, when you're when you shooting at, four, at 24 frames, you get a sort of blurring, a smearing between mm. uh, individual frames. And I think that was gone and... Some of the scenes, especially stuff with heavy CGI, just looked like stop motion. Mm. It's really bizarre.
0: Yeah. It was a terrible experiment. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> don't. It's just like <laughs> watching an episode. People of like film for a reason. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, that's my go to for CGI in faces.
1: But yeah. There's there is all of the kind of political argument and stuff around deep fakes of mm. You know, this this future that we're rushing towards where you will no longer be able to tell whether something is real or not because it's going to be as trivial and easy. And the sort of the thing that somebody can knock up in their bedroom can just, you know, generate, use AI to analyze the president's speech and build a, you know, be able to recreate whatever they want to. Yeah, uh, just have the president say whatever they want to, and then use AI to map the president's face onto another actor, or potentially just animate it straight away. And
0: uh, what they'll do, uh, they'll do as well is you'll have you'll have tools which can detect if something's a fake, but those tools will feed get fed back into the machine to help aid in improving the fake. So and, it'll take- yeah,
1: or you get false positives, or you get. You know, the tool isn't sure, so oh. you then fall on one side or the other because you you have no way of knowing. You should have it so if the tool isn't sure,
0: then it goes and it starts a thread in a forum and all the humans can argue about
1: it. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then the flip side as well is that you get, you know, footage that's real that people refuse to view, uh, believe. Mm. So, yeah, it, it all mm. sounds very nightmarish and in the traditional way of technology i you see this moving on faster and faster in leaps and bounds and you know years ahead of any legislation that's going to stop it or restrict it
0: yeah yeah it's exciting <laughs> Excited. Uh, how long have we got 10 minutes or quickly quickly touch on that last one then so um I think it's a week today or a week yesterday, Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out, which is the newest game from from Rockstar, the guys who made uh, GTA. And there's been a little bit of a controversy recently when Dan Hauser, who's one of the he's one of the managing directors or creative leads, uh he's been around since the early GTA days.
1: He's a big name.
0: Yeah, he came out and he said it. <laughs> Do you remember that f- film that they did about the making of GTA San Andreas? It was like, it was so weird. It was like a BBC player thing, and Daniel Ratcliffe played him.
2: No, it was bizarre.
0: It was so bizarre. But anyway, yeah, uh, he's come out and said, Oh, you know, we're really proud of this game. We've had, you know, we've been doing 100 hour weeks to get this thing out the door. And everyone was like, Mm. I think the point that he was trying to make is that they've put a lot of effort into it and it's going to be amazing and, you know, all that. I'm sure it probably will. They always are. But this comes kind of hot off the back of Telltale, who are another game studio recently going bankrupt, and a lot of stories emerging from there, and you hear a lot of stories from uh, CD Projekt Red, who are the guys who made The Witcher and uh, who are making cyberpunk about... Well, the concept of crunch and debugging in video game development isn't exactly a new one.
1: So crunch, crunch is the the idea of, you know, the game's almost out and we're, we're, we're approaching our deadline, our release window, we need to get it finished and... In, in companies that crunch, basically there's a sort of expectation that everybody working on the game will just have no social life for mm. the next. They'll just constantly work. They'll work crazy long days, potentially sleep in the office, uh, not even go home maybe, and then just start work again, work weekends, so on. And these that can vary between sort of maybe it'll be for a couple of weeks just before they release maybe it will be months of crunch um the telltale stuff was like particularly unpleasant it seemed like because they they went bankrupt and they fired almost all of their staff with no warning um mm-hmm. no benefits no packages or anything um their health insurance i think had like a month on it or something and then that was gone um and a lot of the people who'd been working there had been pouring in like all of this overtime uh to try and get their games finished and out the door and stuff and just you just got all these developers on twitter being very bitter about hey i i spent all of this time all of my personal time trying to Push myself to the breaking point trying to get this game out the door trying to get it finished and management just ultimately it it did nothing for me management didn't care
0: yeah i think that's where game uh, development is different from movie development because i suppose when you're dealing with video you know what you're working with but with a game you might fix one bug and three more might pop up and yeah who knows you just got to keep going and most games don't come out complete these days do they it's usually day one patches or stuff that's fixed down the line. Yeah. I wonder to what extent that alleviates crunch. If they can think right well we can we can get a patch out.
1: I don't know. I mean there's there's a lot of different reasons for crunch as well from from what I've read of discussions with developers. So some people will without being asked to will just work crazy long hours or overtime or whatever. <laughs> especially near the end of a project, just because they want to put out the best possible game they can Mm. and they have pride in their work and they're happy to spend their own time doing it. Yeah. Then there's also the arguments that people make about, is it actually beneficial? I think the kind of consensus I've read anyway is that maybe in the very short term you can get more done, but as soon as you start pushing that, you can't sustain that for, you know, weeks yeah if you if you are crunching all the time, then all that happens is you just start making more and more mistakes and more and more work for yourself, and you don't end up saving any time at all mm, yeah so um
0: Rockstar came out and they said we they're going to allow employees to speak out on the controversy and I think when they say allow it's because I don't think you can slander the company while you're employed there or you know speak too candidly about it but They've said, you know, we give our give our employees the opportunity to come out and say what they want. Because I think Dan Hauser he clarified it a bit later, didn't he, by saying, oh, we're just talking about the writing team. There were
1: four of us. There's a small, yeah, small team of the head writers. And we were just saying that we're proud of our work. Nobody asked us to do it. We just wanted to do it. Mm. There's no company mandate saying this. And yeah, we're just talking about these four people and the company as a whole is not, is not working 100 hour weeks and we're not making people do
0: that, honest. Yeah. So they let everyone go out and say, go and tell them, tell them you're not working 100 hour weeks. And a lot of people have come out and said that, uh, which might be the truth, but then it also might be, you will tell people that you're not working 100 hour weeks or, or you're... You know your name is is mud around here. Hmm. So I would imagine, kind of, you know, with the creative industries, if you're if you're blacklisted for whatever reason, it's hard to get work elsewhere, especially in bigger studios. Um, but that might be a cynical way of looking at it. Might not be that bad. And they do have a game coming out, with it, you know, in the next week. So they probably want to put on the best public-facing profile they can. But there has been talk about kind of, you know, gamers. Or, or games developers unionizing and having like uh, standards there. There was that thing not long ago. Do you remember with the Screen Actors Guild stuff?
1: Yeah, where voice actors, um, voice actors wanted various things adding into their contracts, and we were trying to get the Screen Actors Guild to yeah set that up. Things like descriptions about um, exactly what the work would entail, because you're getting stories about a you know a voice actor who's recording stuff for a video game might go into a, into a studio for a 10 hour recording session and find that they're having to do all of the like pained yells and stuff of being shot or falling off for something or whatever. And you know, if you're doing all of the yells and environmental hurt and whatever, that very quickly takes its toll on your voice.
0: Yeah. But then there was also, there was kind of, there was, a lot of bitterness there from other people such as coders Mm, kind of the the unsung heroes of game development if you like who kind of said well hang on who do these guys think they are coming in here and demanding these things you know we put up with our 60 70 hour work weeks why should they get any special treatment and the counterpoint to that is well, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. You know, if we get better, you get better. You shouldn't be trying to keep us down. We should all be collectively trying to bring ourselves up, kind yeah. of thing. But then you get the argument of, you know, well, that's that's capitalism in a way, and I'm sure there, there might be someone else to do the job and and all that.
1: Yeah, you, you see the same thing in the movie industry, I guess, with the uh, yeah. VFX, don't you?
0: When, yeah, yeah.
1: You know. Com- like the famous story of the is it Life the Company, of Pi? Is yeah, like a that company one? that did all the visual effects for Life of Pi, which were, on the whole, pretty amazing from what mm. I remember. They stuff. went bankrupt yeah. and shut down. And does anybody really care? Because there's hundreds of companies out there, so all the studios will just find somebody else.
0: Yeah. yeah, So But yeah, I mean, the fact that they're making a stink about what what is here quite a small comment means that it is big. They are having their, their feet held to the fire about it and hopefully any future instances of this. That was the other one, um, uh, Quantic Dream, right. David Cage. They came under fire. Well, there was a lot of stuff going on there, yeah, a lot of allegations, but I'm pretty sure that Crunch or Working Hours will have been one of those.
1: The one I thought of, thinking of Rockstar, is uh, Team Bondi. Mm, the L.A. Made, noir people. Yeah, L.A. noir who made that game over the course of seven years or so. And apparently it was a pretty horrible experience working on it. Although, and, and Rockstar published that game. So yeah. I did go briefly back and read and try and find out, did they have much to do with that? And it it wasn't clear from what I read, but I think most of the problems stemmed from the, the management of team Bondi rather than yeah. Rockstar. Although, it didn't sound like Rockstar were particularly forthcoming in standing up for Team Bondi's employees, mm, yeah, and saying anything about how many hours they were working or anything like that on the game.
0: Sounds like a lot of pressure. But you know what they say: you need pressure to make diamonds. <laughs> if they don't say that, that's so a work good harder. <laughs> yeah, work harder, crack the whip. All right, we need to be out this room in two minutes, so I suppose we better wrap this up. Uh, If you would like to get in touch with us, please do drop us an email podcast at unraveling technology.co.uk yeah that's right how many times have we done this (sighs) i'm I'm mixing up 14 mixing up my podcasts as well yeah it's that crunch getting to you yeah (laughs) it's starting to (laughs) make the friday afternoon crunch uh we've also got twitter at unraveling tech and the blog unraveling.technology and drop us a review on itunes if you haven't already please we'll be back soon it's been me joe david And Adam, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: Goodbye. Bye.
2: Bye.